Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. say many times, listen, life is not about you. Well, that's true on every day except Mother's Day, right? Because Mother's Day, it is about you. And we do want to honor our, our moms today. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. And then I just want to glean from the scriptures and, and just really bring out about four moms in scripture and just kind of expound on them briefly and uh, just share some things, hopefully in a very practical way that will be able to help you moms, give you something to take out of the, uh, out of the service with you and to help you be a, uh, a better mom. Not that you're not great already, but just some, maybe some tools, some ideas that, that may help you some. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for our mothers, um, grandmothers, mothers, aunts, sisters, women that you've placed in our life to help shape all of us to be the, the children the teenagers, the young adults, the men and women that we've all become today. And it certainly is the mother that rocks the cradle, that shapes the world. And mothers have such tremendous impact. And, and Father, I just pray that you would just bless our victory moms. Thank you for the youngest mother that's here, those that are carrying children even now, those that are soon to be first-time moms all the way up to the seasoned veteran mother that is here, that possibly even grandmother today, maybe even great-grandmother today. And Father, we just thank you for the influence that they've had on all of our lives. And Father, we ask you that you bless them today. Uh, we take a time out from our study just to focus on moms. We ask you, Lord, that you meet with us. Speak to our hearts. Give us understanding from your word. May the Holy Spirit minister to us like only you can. And we'll certainly give you the honor and the praise and the glory, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are right in the middle of our church growth campaign, spiritual growth campaign, um, dealing with being an R12 Christian, an R12 believer. And I want to encourage you, if you're not connected into one of our small groups, I'd, I'd love for you to get connected. It's not too late to get into one of our small groups and jump into this R12, Romans chapter 12, study about true spirituality and becoming a, a Romans 12 believer and Christ follower and Christian. But I really struggled today with, with really not having an emphasis on, on moms. And I just felt like with all the young mothers that we have in our church today that we really need to call time out from this and, and, uh, and just focus on our moms today. So thank you for allowing me to, uh, I guess, get off track a little bit with our sermon series. I promise you the thing will survive. The small group study will continue. You know, there was a day back in the day when I was a lot younger pastor. I thought, man, we can't get off track. If we do, we'll completely derail and everything will fall to pieces. I've come to realize that that doesn't necessarily happen if you change one little thing in the schedule. Uh, so anyhow, I want to talk to you about moms. You know you are a mom when your feet stick to the kitchen floor and you don't care. 
You know you are a mom when the kids are fighting and you threaten to lock them in a room together and not let them out until someone is bleeding or the last one is standing. You know that you're a mom when you can't find your cell phone, your Facebook message, a friend to call you, and you run around the house madly following the sound until you locate the phone downstairs in the laundry basket, right? You mothers ever lost your phones? You know you're a mom when your idea of a good day is making it through without a child leaking body fluids on you. Get this one. I know this is true. You know you're a mom when your baby's pacifier falls on the floor. You give it back real quickly after you suck the dirt off it because you're too busy to go wash it off, right? I've seen you moms do that. Drop that thing, pick it up real quick, suck it, give it to the kid, right? Nothing wrong with us today. As a result of you doing that, (laughs) you know you're a mom. Get this. When you, you know you're a mom when you're so desperate for adult conversation. Are you with me, ladies? Huh? You know you're a mom when you're so desperate for adult conversation that you spill your guts to the telemarketer marketer that he calls and hangs up on you. Right? Oh, it's so good to have an adult to talk to. Let me tell you what my day is. You know you're a mom. Get this. You know you're a mom when you when get this when your spit is your number one cleaning agent, right? <laughs> Let me get that, right? <laughs> you got something on your face? Ugh, really? Every you mom's done that, haven't you? You grandmas are even worse at that. <laughs> You know you're a mom when you automatically double knot everything you tie. Right? (laughs) You know you're a mom when you can never go to the bathroom alone without someone screaming outside the door. Inside the door. Apparently I'm not a mother, right? You know you're a mom when you actually start to... You know your mom when you actually start to like the smell of strained carrots mixed with applesauce. You know you're a mom when you spend a half hour searching for your sunglasses only to have your child say, Mom, why don't you, why don't you wear the ones pushed up on your head? How many of you moms have done that? Yeah. You know you're a mom when you're out on a romantic date with your husband enjoying some adult conversation when suddenly you realize you've reached over and started cutting his steak. Right? Moms. <laughs> yeah. I just saw my wife. She's done that. Well, today is Mother's Day. And uh, I just want to say Happy Mother's Day to you. And I hope this day is special for you. I hope you enjoy this day. And... Um, I just want to try to be an encouragement to you and a blessing to you today and just share a few things from God's Word concerning a few mothers in the Bible. This isn't my first one that we're going to talk about, but I just want to draw attention to this one. I'm really not going to expound much on her, but in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 20, in Genesis 3 and verse number 20, here we have a reference to the mother of all mothers, if you will. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 20, it says, Adam named his wife Eve. Because she was the mother 
of all of the living. This is the mother of all mothers. This is the mother of first. I mean, in all of motherhood, whatever has happened, I'm assuming and guessing and just contemplating and kind of reaching a little bit, that it probably happened to Eve first. I mean, she was the first mother to, to bear a child and to birth a child. You ever thought she really knew what she was getting into uh, whenever she was carrying her first child and birthing her first child into the world? Uh, you, ever thought, uh, you ever thought what she was expecting as she was pregnant with her very first child? You ever thought maybe the influence that, that she had on her, the responsibility that she had on her to influence these children, if she even thought about that? Scripture tells us that they had, her and Adam had, had many sons and daughters. But Scripture ex- reveals to us three sons that she had, Cain and Abel and Seth. And of course, you know the, the story of Cain and Abel, right? You understand that, that um, the kind of the problems they had there. Listen, by the way, let me just call time out right there. All mothers have problems with their kids. If you think that there is a mother in here that's never had a problem with their children, you're only fooling yourself and you're setting yourself up for some tremendous heartbreak in the years to come. Are you with me, church? There's not a mother here that has a perfect child, right? Now, there's mothers here with perfect love. I mean, there's mothers here that love a child far beyond what anybody could ever love a child. But there is no mother here with a perfect child, right? I mean, every mother has experienced some type of heartache. And Eve is certainly is an example of that. Can you imagine one of your children killing the other? And then, of course, one Seth going on to be... Uh, um, the lineage of, of godly people, Genesis 4:25. It was through the line of Seth that people began to call upon the name of the Lord. But since the time of Eve, it has fallen upon mothers to raise their children for the Lord. Mothers are to provide for their children. They are to nurture their children. They are to raise up their children. They are to teach their children. They are to discipline their children. Now, there are some roles that the dad is to have alongside of that. But ultimately, it's these mothers that are raising these children. And and mothers have this remarkable ability to absolutely change the world. And I mean that. By how we raise these children. With that being said, I want to share with you four mothers from the Bible. And just look at them very briefly. And and look at some of the attributes. Mainly one key attribute that each of these four mothers had in raising their children. Number one, let's look at Jochebed. This was was Moses' mother. And you find the story... In Exodus chapter 2 and verse 1 through 4. And this mother was a protective mother. But look what it says in Exodus 2, 1 through 4. It says, Now a man from the family of Levi married a Levite woman. And the woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, and she got a papyrus basket for him, and she coated it with asphalt and with pitch, and she placed the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. And then his sister stood at a distance in order to see what would happen. Now, this is Jochebed. This is Moses' mother that was the first attribute that we're looking at was a protective mother. 
Now, you've got to understand, in this day and age, in Exodus chapter number 1, here is the plan that was laid out by the Pharaoh. The plan that was laid out so that he would have dominion over all of the Egyptians is that all the male ch- children are to be destroyed. They're to be killed. Okay? He wanted to put his thumb on the population of the Egyptian culture, the Egyptian people, or the, or the Israelite people of that day. And so, therefore, he, he wanted all the male children killed. The problem was... There were some mothers there that feared the Lord and loved their kids. Hello? And this mother, think about what this mother did. The problem was that all the mothers did not obey the command. They allowed their boys to live. And this mother, not only was the plan to kill all the boys, not only was the problem there were some that did not listen to that plan, thank God, but then the third thing we see is this protection mode that this mother was in. She protected her child. The Bible tells us that she placed him in a basket. She put him by the Nile River there. She, he had gotten to the age, he's three months old. She was having a hard time hiding him any longer. She was protecting him. But then she placed him in a situation where hopefully he would be received and he would be protected from being put to death. You can finish the story in Numbers chapter 2 and following and you'll find that eventually he was reared in the, in the king's house and, and the Pharaoh's house and, and he became a great leader for, for God's people. But uh, you know what? That I realize God's sovereign and I realize God is in control and he's omniscient, he's omnipotent. I understand all of that. But thank God for this woman. And what would have happened if this mother had not carried out one of the greatest attributes of of every mother and protecting her son or her children? She risked her own life to protect this child. And guys, I think as mothers, I think there's a few areas that mothers need to concentrate on in protecting their children. I'm going to put them up here for you. These three areas, moms, you need to pay attention to. Mothers need to protect their children physically. In other words, do everything that you can to keep your children from harm. Guys, do you realize that's why mom says don't run through the house with scissors? Why? Because she's protecting you physically, right? I mean, that's why she says don't jump off the bed with a knife in your hand. Or if you hold a knife, hold it, hold it down. I mean, there's some rules that mom has in the house, and they're simply there to protect us from bodily harm, right? So we're to be protecting our children. Proverbs 22 and verse number 3 says, A sensible person sees danger and takes cover, but the inexperienced keep going and are punished. It's that sensible person that we call a mom, that is protecting our children from physical harm. Secondly, not only from physical harm, but morally we're to be protecting our children. In other words, we're to be teaching our children what is right and what is wrong. And whenever we see our children going down the pathway of, to immorality, then we as moms, or you as moms, need to step in. Now, Dad has a role as well, but I'm mainly talking about moms today. Moms need to be intentional about protecting their children morally. Guys, kids, teenagers, young adults, that's why mom gets all so upset whenever you go off the wrong way and you get involved in immoral activity, right? Because her job is to protect you morally. In Proverbs 23, in verse 23 and 25, it says, Buy and do not sell truth, wisdom, instruction, and understanding. 
And the father of a righteous son will rejoice greatly. And one who fathers a wise son will delight in him. And let your father and your mother have joy. And let her who gave birth to you rejoice. You know what she's doing? She's protecting her children morally, but also emotionally. Mothers are also protecting their children emotionally by keeping them from things that they know will hurt them. Guys, none of us like to be told no, do we? Especially kids growing up and under the household of mom and dad. And, and, you, and, and sometimes kids think they can go their own way and do their own thing and there's no harm, no foul. But moms know some things that kids don't know. Right? Mom and dads have experience on their side. There's some things that they know. And they're going to tell their children which way they should go and what they should do and what they should not be involved in because they want to teach them some lessons before they have to live out and learn those lessons for themselves. Right? But unfortunately, too many children, like myself maybe growing up, was too hard-headed and would not listen to the lessons that were being taught and really had to go out there and live them out and experience with myself and learn the hard way. We call those guys knuckleheads, right? And that's kind of what I was. I had to experience it and learn it the hard way. But guys, listen, part of the role of a mother is to protect their children and teach them the lessons so that can protect them from living out some of the harmful ones that they go on down the road. So protect your children. The second mother I want us to look at today is the mother of Hannah. Or, or Hannah, this mother Hannah. And we find her story in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 24 through verse number 28. Now, Hannah was a supportive mother. Okay, we see Jochebed was this protective mother. We're going to look at Hannah now, which is this supportive mother. In 1 Samuel 1 and 24, the scripture says, When she had weaned him, she took him with her to Shiloh, as well as a three-year-old bull and a half bushel of flour and a jar of wine. And though the boy was still young, she took him to the Lord's house at Shiloh. And then they slaughtered the bull and they brought the boy to Eli. Now Eli is the priest. Please, my Lord, she said. As sure as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. And I prayed for this boy. And since the Lord gave me what I asked for, I now give the boy to the Lord. For as long as he lives, he is given to the Lord. And then he bowed to worship to the Lord there. Hannah had prayed for this son for many years. If you go back to the, to the scripture, you'll see that she went to the temple and, and uh, she was weeping before the Lord and she was praying for this son. And, and the Lord blessed her with a son and, and she brought this boy Samuel back to the priest Eli there and left him in the temple and gave him back to the Lord in this wonderful act of dedicating her son to the Lord. She in turn gave him back. She was very supportive. Now, guys, the simple lesson is this. And, and it's some, somewhat profound without expounding all of what was taking place there. This mother was very supportive to what God's will was for her son's life. Now, guys, you know what we need to be doing and moms what you need to be doing? Moms, you need to be teaching your children the ways of the Lord. You need to be singing songs of Zion to your children. You need to be telling Bible stories to your children. You need to, to help them discover what God's will is for your children. And then you need to be very supportive and giving your children back to the Lord so that His will can be lived out and carried out in their life. I just know of some moms being in ministry for 25 years or so. You see all types, okay? And I've seen some mothers that are so controlling of their children. 
that they would not allow them to go off and be in God's will, but wanted them right there under their thumb, 24-7. Guys, we gotta let our, we got to realize that our children, they're, they're just on loan from God to us. There really is, right? He's birthed them or allowed them to come into this world for a reason. He has a will and a plan for them. And what our job as parents and mothers especially are is to help support, be that supporting role and grow them up in the nurture and the wisdom and the admonition of the Lord and allow them to carry out God's will for their life. I remember years ago, and our kids were really, really small. I mean, just, I think Kristen was a baby and Tyler was a toddler, and we were struggling with this whole thing of, of keeping our, getting our, discovering God's will for our children and God's will for our life and making some big decisions in our life to move around and, and follow the leadership of the Lord and, and the impact that that would have on our kids. And, and you got to remember, Debbie and I, and some of you may relate to this being in military, but Debbie and I were the first ones in our family really to move off from family. Okay? Everybody else is right there. I mean, they're building houses next to each other and moving in next to each other and everybody just right there in the same community, right? You understand? Maybe you have some families like that. And so, so some of the decisions that we made for the Lord was, was requiring us to kind of move away from that mold uh, of what had been passed down to us from generation to generation. And part of our concern was our children in making this move. Because we were now moving them away from their biological grandparents. We were moving them away from their aunts and their uncles and their cousins. And, and our kids really have grown up. And I know a lot of you military families can relate to this. Our, our children have grown up apart from their really biological network of blood and, and family that's there. They just didn't have the privilege of being raised with them there. And Debbie and I struggled with that years, years back and. We finally came to this decision, and we, we told each other this, and, and we, re, we went to the altar, and we laid this out before the Lord. And I, I remember this just like it was yesterday, and it was probably Kristen's 21. She had to be about a year or so old at that time, and, and so this is, this is 20 years ago. And I remember so vividly us going up to the altar, Debbie and I, and taking our kids and kneeling there and praying and saying, God, we want your will to be done in our life. And we want your will to be done in our children's lives. And God, right now, we surrender our children back to you. And we would rather our children be in your will and live halfway around the world, apart from us, than to be out of your will and live next door to us the rest of our days. Now, that was a big place for us to come to as parents. You remember that day, Deb? I know she does. That was a huge day in our lives. And, and from that day to, to now, we have always prayed, God, we want to be the supportive parent, and particularly Deb as a supporting mother, to our children for your will to be carried out in their lives. And if it means our children walking hand in hand with you and being in their will and you moving them away from us to the other side of the world, as missionaries, and, and I'm looking at Sean and, and Aaron fixing, getting ready to go to Honduras, and, and even, even Josh getting ready to go to uh, Berlin. I mean, if it means just moving them to the other side of the world to stay in your will, then so be it. Because I would rather my children know you and live in the center of your will and be apart from me on the other side of the world than to live right next door to me and be out of your will. So I think what we see in Hannah here is this supportive role of dedicating her children to the Lord. I read across a great 
message or actually a, a little booklet titled, What Does It Mean to Give Your Child to God? And it took me a while to read the whole thing, but there's one little sentence that, that he said in the book booklet that I want to share with you. And this is by, by Dr. Clarence Sexton. He said this. He said, giving our children to God may begin with a simple act of dedication. Now, we do that here. We have the baby dedication ceremony and we bring the baby up and the parents come up and they dedicate and give that child back to God. It may begin with this simple act of dedication, but it must, get this, it must become a continuous act of surrendering them to the will of God all the days of their lives. There's never a day go by. There's never a year that comes and goes that we do not continue to dedicate and give our children back to the Lord. That's that supportive role that I'm talking about. Let me go to a third mother here. Let's look at Eunice. Now you may be asking, who in the world is Eunice? Well, Eunice is in the New Testament. You probably recognize her son more than you recognize her, right? Eunice, you might know who Eunice is. She's the mother of who? Timothy. Good job, Deb. Eunice is the mother of of Timothy. Now, Eunice was an instructive mother. She taught young Timothy. Look at the scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1 through 5. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, for the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly loved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience as, as, um, as my ancestors did. When I constantly remembered you in my prayers night and day, remembering your tears, I long to see you. This is, this is Paul writing to young Timothy. I, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy, clearly recalling your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and then in your mother Eunice and that I am convinced is in you also. This young man named Timothy was a dear friend and companion and helper to the Apostle Paul. Paul loved this man because Timothy was a God-fearing man. Timothy was a young, godly man that helped Paul in his ministry greatly. And you'll find that he went with him on his missionary journeys. And there's mention of him in Acts 16. There's mention of him in Colossians 1. There's mention of him in Philippians 1 and Philemon 1. I mean, Timothy was there ministering alongside the Apostle Paul. But where did Timothy first learn of the Lord? Through this great Apostle Paul? No. Where did he first learn of this faith in Jesus Christ? From his grandmother, Lois, and his mother, Eunice. They instructed him. They poured their lives into him. They taught him the ways of God. They instructed him in the ways of the Lord. Just let me say be kind of short with this and say this, moms and grandmothers and aunts and sisters, these women of influence, teach your children the ways of the Lord. Teach them the Scripture. Read the Bible stories to them, even at a very young age, instilling them the doctrines of the Word of God. And then, get this moms, live out that faith. On a daily basis because you and I both know that more is what? Caught than taught. Let them see Jesus in you. 
Let them see Jesus in the way you act. Let them see Jesus in the way you react. Let them see Jesus in you. Live out your faith in front of them. Let them see what it is to have a godly mother. Let them see what it is to have a godly grandmother. Instruct your children in the ways of the Lord. I promise you, if you do that, you will never, ever be let down or disappointed in the way your children turn out. There's going to be some bumps in the roads. There's going to be some valleys we walk through. There's going to be some hard places we go through. I believe God allows us to go through those so He can teach us and, and grow us to be a mature believer in Jesus Christ. But at the end of the day, God will be able to use your children. I want my children to be used by God. Right? And so parents, moms especially, man, you are so influential in the lives of your children. Instruct them in the ways of the Lord. Let me give you this last mother and I am done. The last one I want us to look at is Mary. And Mary was this loyal mother. Okay? This loyal mother. In John 19 and 16 and following, I'm not going to go read that scripture, guys. You can just leave it right there. But this is when Jesus was, was going up to carrying his cross and going up to be crucified. And guess who was right there with him through this entire ordeal? Through the mock trial that he went through when they plucked his beard and spit in his face and, and they scourged him and they beat him. Guess who was peering around every corner? The disciples, many of them fled in fear of their own lives. But guess who was there with her son all the way to the cross, all the way watching them drive the nails into his hands, watching them pick up the cross and let our Lord, her son, die there on that cross. Guess who was there the entire way? Mary, his mother. She was loyal to her son. Guys, that will go a long way for your children. You know what? There, there come, there, sometimes there come some days in our lives where we're not sure anybody loves us. But we should never doubt the fact that our mother loves us and she's there for us and she's loyal to us. Now listen, hold on now, kids. That doesn't mean she's going to agree with every crazy thing you're going to try to do. Right? And that doesn't mean she's going to yoke up with you and go down some crazy pathway that you think you want to go down, right? She's going to be instructing you and she's going to be keeping you from immorality. She's going to be protecting you and she's going to be doing some things that, that you just don't like. But understand this, she's loyal to you, right? At the end of the day, listen, there's one thing I know. You, you don't cross a mama and her baby, Right? I mean, you want to get your eyes clawed out? You mess with some mama's baby. And I don't care how old they get. I can tell you that by experience. Mine now are 21 and 24. You cross them and you watch mama rise up. And I'm like, whoa, 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 now mama, calm down. It's okay. You know, but all you mamas are like that. And that's a good thing, right? You need to be there to protect them. Your children need to know that, hey, mama has my back. Now, understand... That doesn't mean she's not going to administer some tough love, right? Understand, that doesn't mean she's not going to allow you to face some consequences of some bonehead decisions that you make, right? Understand, she loves you. She may not agree with everything you're doing. She may not be on board with every decision you make. She may even be brokenhearted and disappointed at times with some decisions you make. Moms, you been there? I know you have. I know mom wife. Tyler and Kristen's mother. I've, I've watched her weep and cry over her children. 
There's some things that all of our kids do that just absolutely crush and break our heart. But there's one thing that our kids, and I'm sure your kids, never ever need to question. Are we loyal to them? Hey, our kids know. And I believe yours know as well. I've got your back. Hello? I'm your biggest fan. I'll be there for you. Mary went all the way with Jesus to the cross. And she was loyal to Him. And guys, as we wrap this thing up, just let me encourage you today. You know, all of us dads, we can take this in as well. But these are four biblical mothers that we see. And especially to our young moms that are here, here's something you can take with you today. And just start living this out. Protect your children. Protect them. Listen, guys, be involved in their lives. I mean, from the time they're little all the way through school, know what's going on in their lives. Get in there and meet those teachers if you send them off to school. Know what your children are facing. Interact with them. Interact with your children. You see, a lot of times parents wait till the kids become 16, 17, 18 years old and then try to build a relationship with them and wonder why there's this great gulf and they're, they're just, it's because you didn't start early enough. You've got to start when they're babies. Stay in their life, right? Don't stop. Protect them. Support them. Instruct them. And be loyal to them. Let's pray together. Father, Father, now we just thank you so much for moms. Thank you for the example of these four. And there's others that we could have gleaned from, but thank you, Lord, for the example of these four mothers that protected their children, supported their children, instructed their children, were loyal to their children. And God, I pray for our moms here at Victory Church today. And I don't care if a mom is sitting here as a first-time guest or she's a faithful member of our church family. I pray over them today. And I pray, God, you give them wisdom pray, God, you give them courage and boldness. And God, I pray when their heart is broken, Lord, that you're able to put the pieces back together and and reunite them, Lord, with their children. I know it's tough being a mother at times. But I just pray, dear God, that they would walk out of here today and they would be there for their kids. They'd be involved in their lives. Help them, God, to be the mother that could rock the cradle of that baby and that child. And ultimately change the world for the good. Thank you, God, for our moms. We ask that you would bless them even today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call Or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.